Good morning, and welcome to worship on this, the Lord's Day. It's good to see you. I want to say a special word of welcome to those who are visiting with us today. I know that we have a visitor in Angelo, and uh, Angelo tells me that his home is on the Big Island, and uh, he has family here, so he's visiting with his family. So, nice to have you. Come again when you're in town. And if you're still in town, come again and again. Nice to have you. Say welcome to all those who are with us uh, via Facebook. Welcome to you. It's good to be in the house of the Lord on this day. And as I say to those who don't have a home congregation, you can make this your home. Um, We'd love for you to be a part of us as we serve God in this part of the vineyard. As we go to worship today, <clears throat> we are reminded to uh, lift up prayers for some people who especially need our prayers at this time. Remember Jeannie, who is recovering from surgery. Thomas, Sydney, and Francis. Remember, Francis is the little infant who was born very early and is uh, in St. Louis. Uh, these are grandchildren and great-grandchildren of uh, Johan and <coughs> Mark Kruger. And we want to remember, too, in our prayers, Mike and Jenny, Darlene and Jim, who had had a fall and uh, uh, Cicely, and of course, uh, Ed's mom, who is fragile and is in hospital, Opal, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ed uh, Donnell's mom, who is in hospital. <clears throat> we wanna remember them in our prayers today as we go to prayer. And also, yesterday we had a service of Thanksgiving for Lucy Daly, uh, Lucy passed and her service was yesterday. We wanna remember the family as they carry forward her legacy of faith and service. Today, following worship, we will have our church council meeting or monthly church council meeting, so keep us in prayers as we attend to the business life of the church. We, are, we always need prayers and the guidance of the Spirit therewith. Today in worship, the readings seem to focus on God's mercy. At least that's where it leads us. And so we want to Hear the psalmist as we go to worship today. God, be merciful to us and bless us. Look on us with kindness so that the whole world may know your will and all nations may know your salvation. Stand with me as you're able. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Gracious God, 
have mercy on us. We confess that we have turned from you and given ourselves into the power of sin. We're truly sorry and humbly repent. In your compassion, forgive us our sins known and unknown, things we have done and things we have failed to do. Turn us again to you and uphold us by your spirit so that we may live and serve you in newness of life through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for you and for his sake, God forgives you all your sins. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. With St. Paul, who often greeted the church with these words, I say to you, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all, and also with you. Let us pray. God of all peoples, your arms reach out to embrace all those who call upon you. Teach us as disciples of your Son to love the world with compassion and constancy, that your name may be known throughout the earth, through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Amen. Please be seated.
A reading from Isaiah. Thus says the Lord, maintain justice and do what is right, for soon my salvation will come and my deliverance be revealed. And the foreigners who join themselves to the Lord to minister to him, to love the name of the Lord and to be his servants, all who keep the Sabbath and do not profane it and hold fast by covenant, these I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar, for my house shall be called a house of prayer for all peoples. Thus says the Lord God, who gathers the outcasts of Israel, I will gather others to them besides those already gathered. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. May God be merciful to us and bless us. May the light of God's face shine upon us. Let your way be known upon the earth, your saving health among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. reading from Romans, where Paul writes, I ask then, has God rejected his people? By no means. I myself am an Israelite, a descendant of Abraham, a member of the tribe of Benjamin. God has not rejected his people whom he foreknew. For the gifts and the calling of God are irrevo irrevocable. Just as you were once disobedient to God, but have now received mercy because of their disobedience, so they have now been disobedient in order that by the mercy shown to you, they too may now receive mercy. For God has imprisoned all in disobedience so that he may be merciful to all. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. Glory to you, Lord. 
the 15th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus called the crowd to him and said to them, listen and understand. It is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but it is what comes out of the mouth that defiles. Then the disciples approached and said to him, Do you know that the Pharisees took offense when they heard what you said? He answered, Every plant that my heavenly Father has not planted will be uprooted. Let them alone, they are blind guides of the blind. And if one blind person guides another, both will fall into a pit. But Peter said to him, explain this parable to us. Then he said, are you also still without understanding? Do you not see that when whatever goes into the mouth enters the stomach and goes out into the sewer? But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart. And this is what defiles. For out of the heart comes evil intentions, murder, adultery, fornication, theft, false witness, and slander. These are what defile a person. But to eat with unwashed hands does not defile. Jesus left that place and went away to the district of Tyre and Sidon. Just then a Canaanite woman from that region came out and started shouting, have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is tormented by a demon. But he did not answer her at all. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she keeps shouting after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. He answered, It is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. She said, Yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered her, Woman, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed instantly. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated as we invite the children to fix their eyes on the projected screen. And today, children, uh, we have good news. Or I want to share with you good news. And it's the good news... I should have put another word there. I should have put the word um, exchange. Good news exchange I should have put there. But you'll see that word appear, I hope, sometime in the slides. So if you listened to Tom, who is an excellent lecturer, when he read the first lesson, you would have heard him say, something to the effect that uh, maintain justice, do what is right. 
going to hold on to that. Do what is right. So the slide coming up is going to be a slide that picks up on that word, do what is right. It's a big word, righteousness. Okay? And righteousness is even a big word for us grown-ups. We sometimes don't know how to define it. But righteousness, simply defined on the next slide, means, look at that. There's no word there. Yeah, there is a word, sin. But it has a no entry, right? Sign, right? So righteousness means without sin. That's what it really means, without sin. Easy definition. When you see that big word righteousness and you find, find it hard to call the word, just say, think without sin. Without sin, okay? So I want to ask you, and you could nod your head or you can shake it this way, right? Are you righteous? I'm not going to judge you. I'm just going to see what you're telling me by the look on your face and the nod of your head. Are you righteous? Not sure. Are you without sin? Not sure. It's all right. Should we ask the grown-ups, you think, Carter? <laughs> Carter is willing and ready to put the grown-ups on the spot here. All right. Let's read the next slide, what it says. Are you righteous? For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking all of it. James chapter 2 and verse 10. So to answer the question, none of us is righteous. Grown-ups or children, none of us is righteous. So since none of us is righteous, if I were going to have you, the next slide would say, if I were going to have you up here with me and, I, and we could be in our normal setting, I would give you a ticket, and that ticket would say, unrighteous. I'm a sinner, therefore I am unrighteous. Not a really good ticket to hand out, but it's just an illustration, okay? I am unrighteous. I am a sinner. So, moving to the next slide, I'm going to ask, how does that make you feel? Sure, if you're a sinner or you're unrighteous, doesn't make you feel good, right? No, don't feel good about it. All right? It makes you feel like you've missed the mark. Well, I'm going to teach you a big word in Greek. Hamartia. Hamartia in Greek means to miss the mark. It's like if you're playing darts or you're shooting an arrow on a bow and you have the bullseye and you shoot but the, it veers off, it misses that bullseye to miss the mark. That's what sin is. Sin means to miss the mark. That's what it means, to miss the mark. All right. Moving to the next slide. Can you think of anyone who is righteous? You know anybody who's righteous? Just put your hand up. You know anyone who's righteous? Yeah, we got a couple of people that know someone who's righteous. Let's read from 2 Corinthians 5.21. 
For our sake, God made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him, Jesus, is the one I hope you had in mind, right? In him, we might become the righteousness of God. So Jesus knew no sin, and in him, God has given us righteousness or made us righteous. So the next slide says, it's really about an exchange. The good news is about an exchange. That is, Jesus took my ticket that said, I am unrighteous, and gave me, gave us, his ticket, which says righteous. So we are made righteous, okay? And with that ticket, you don't get into the movies, but you get into heaven, okay? So I want you to think about that. Uh, when you see that big word righteousness, think about it this way, that I am not righteous, but I'm made righteous through Jesus Christ. And with the ticket, I can get into heaven. Let us pray. Sanctify us in your truth, O Lord, for your word is truth. Amen. So today I want to invite us to be merciful. Be merciful. Not that you aren't. I don't think that you are not, but I just want to invite us to consider that. Be merciful. You'll notice that the story in the gospel, and I'm going to jump over the first part of the reading of the gospel, where Jesus is talking about what defiles and what doesn't defile, whether you can eat with unwashed hands. Of course, these days you don't want to eat with unwashed hands, right? Virus. You got to clean those hands as much as you can, right? So I'm going to jump over that part of the reading, and I'm going to go to the story uh, with where Jesus is in the region of Tyre and Sidon. And you should have noticed that this is not a miracle story. Instead, this is a story about people. People like you and me. It's a story about crossing borders and speaking a deep truth, none of which is easy. Jesus, our Lord and Savior, is one of the people identified in this story. And in the reading, it seems like he's out of character because of what he says or how he acts. We have here a young rabbi who appears to be burnt out. He really needs quiet time to rest and regroup before completing his mission. So what he does, he withdraws from Galilee, and he goes on a hike with a few of his closest, fr closest friends. He arrives on the border of a neighboring country, believing that he will have some peace and quiet. But as it turns out, he is wrong because immediately he's approached 
by a street beggar, or so it seems from the reaction of his disciples. These are the characters in the story. And there is a connection today between them and us. Centuries have passed by, but conversations about boundaries remain relevant. Whether it is natives, immigrants, gender stereotyping or sectarian, building walls or establishing border checkpoints, we are obsessed with differentiating between them and us. Interestingly, this has been going on for thousands of years, as you may have noticed in the gospel pericope for today. But there's a solution to this problem. If only we would not close our minds and allow the stranger or the foreigner to help us see the whole world, the whole world through different lens. In the ongoing debate, what makes our relationships awkward, divisive, and confrontational are concepts we have developed and slavishly hold on to. If our concept of life is limited to the confines of our ethnic or geographical, ethnic group or geographical location or religion or ideology, then we are bigoted. We are bigoted and unable to see that we are all God's children for whom Jesus Christ eventually gave his life. Listening carefully to what is being said here, we come to realize that the Canaanite woman, who is sometimes called a Syrophoenician woman, depending on the translation you're reading, Syrophoenician woman I like better because it locates her. She's of Syrian origin. And we know people who are Phoenician, or at least we should know one person who is Phoenician. That is, you remember who? Goliath. When David, remember when the people of Israel came up against the Phoenicians, they cowered because of Goliath, this monster of a soldier. And when David came to bring food to his brothers who were in the army, uh, David says, oh, don't worry about him. I'll fight him. Remember that story? It's a beautiful story. Remember, I remember it from Sunday school so vividly. They would tell this story. And David says, oh, don't worry. And David says, listen, I'll fight him. And when David pulled out his sling and his stone, the stone, picked up a stone, they thought, oh, David is just going to be suicidal here. And, and Goliath mocked David, and David wasn't discouraged what he did. Put that stone in that sling, and he whipped it one time, and two times, and three times, and he let it fly. And what happened? Goliath fell with the stone. David had known his powers, developed his skill in being a shepherd, keeping off predators, 
with that sling. So we know Phoenicians, this Syrophoenician woman, we know she's not within Israel, she's on the board, she's on, she's a neighbor, neighboring country. And this Canaanite woman or Syrophoenician woman is not asking today for healing. She's not asking for healing. What's she asking for? Mercy. That's what she's asking for, mercy. So we readily identify, we readily identify with her for begging, asking for mercy is an act of faith. Like her, we approach God's throne of grace with specific needs, and we keep at it for as long as it takes. The Canaanite woman kept asking in hope that nourishes faith. Renowned German theologian Jürgen Moltmann said these words, and I quote, Hope is nothing else than the expectation of those things which faith has believed to have been truly promised by God. Hope is nothing else than the expectation of those things which faith has believed to have been truly promised by God. He writes these words in A Theology of Hope. So like the Canaanite woman, we do what we have to do to be heard. We pray. We passionately pray. Yes, we pray and we keep praying that God who is listening will be moved by our petitions. The Canaanite woman, therefore, is a mirror. She's our mirror. She keeps us, she helps us, rather, to see our need, our imperfections, and our desire for God. Like her, when overwhelmed by problems, we cry out, Lord, have mercy. And I believe you know those words, right? They show up in our liturgy. Lord, have mercy. They do show up in our liturgy. We call it the Kyrie eleison. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. And we say, Lord, have mercy. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God. And we say, Lord, have mercy. We keep saying those words. We respond with those words. Or with the psalmist. God, be merciful to us and bless us. We ask God, who is merciful to sinners, to hear us. And that's what this Canaanite woman, this Syrophoenician woman is doing. She's asking God, the God who has become flesh, Jesus Christ, to hear our prayer.
Sometimes we have to be bold with God. Have you ever been bold with God? Tell, you've told God as it is? Pretty sure you have. I do sometimes. Like the Canaanite woman who got Jesus to think outside the box when she responded, Yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. We got to passionately demonstrate our need. Be bold. We got to ask big things of God. Finally, we approach Jesus Christ because he has something we need. Something we cannot give ourselves. Although we are outsiders, we know deep within our hearts that we are all God's children. And so we humbly present ourselves before him because he is able to supply our every need according to his riches in glory. As the Canaanite woman discovered, Jesus does not disappoint, never disappoints. We might ask hard questions or we might beg and he might ask hard questions of us. He might even respond without a word or come across as insulting or out of character. But Jesus never sends us away empty. He's always merciful and ready to reward faith in the living God. So today, I want to invite you to see that God is merciful. And I want you to be, in like manner, merciful. It starts here. It starts on the border, and this is the border. Here is the border between earth and heaven. For at this table, at this very table, we receive mercy. In the bread and in the cup. And with that, we know that we will be filled. There is always plenty for everyone. And we know that in the strength of this food, we can do likewise. We can be merciful to others. Amen.
living together in trust and hope, we confess our faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered on the Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Stand with me as you're able. At this time in our worship, it is customary for us to share the peace that God gives with each other. I want for you to think about the sign of peace that you want to share with your child or your spouse or the person next to you, your grandchild or great-grandchild, whatever, friend. And you're going to stay where you are, but you're going to share that peace with them. I'm going to share it with you, and then we'll go from there. The peace of the Lord be with you all. Please share the peace with each other. Confident of your care and helped by the Holy Spirit, we pray for the church, the world, and all those who are in need. Lord, you gathered the church to be a part of your mission as ambassadors of Jesus Christ. As Jesus acknowledged the great faith of a woman from outside his people, help your church discover and find blessing in the faith of people we might reject. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. You have blessed us with the bounty of the earth. Grant your grace to all your creatures that the earth will flourish. Relieve waters choked by garbage, renew soils stripped of nutrients, and refresh the air all creatures need to live. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. You call the nations to be glad and sing for joy. Let your way be known among all the nations of the world, now divided by competing interests, contending alliances, and consumed by enormous worry. Bless us and make your face shine upon all. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. You show unexpected mercy, kindness, and generosity. We pray for those who do not have enough, for outcasts in our villages, cities, and towns, and for those who need your healing. We, remember, we pray especially for Janine, Thomas, Sydney, Francis, Mike, Jenny, Darlene, Jim, and Cecily. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. In you we live and move and have our being. Grant our congregation grace to find our life refreshed in you. Accompany us in the rhythms of late summer. 
Give us rest and renewal and strengthen us for mission in your name. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Your eternal promises are more than we could ever imagine. As you gather all the saints, especially Lucy, Dolly, join us also with them on the great day of your salvation. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. In the certain hope that nothing can separate us from your love, we offer these prayers to you through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Please be seated. It's at this time that we are used to receiving the offering. And in these days of COVID-19, we have refrained from passing around the offering plates. We've placed it at the back of the sanctuary for those upon entering to place their offerings in, or as you're released from worship today, you can do so if you haven't already. We want to acknowledge today that uh, financial gifts are just one of the ways in which we bring an offering to the Lord. Our very presence here is an offering. We give this time to the Lord that we might commune with God in the Word, read, proclaimed, and embodied. We acknowledge also that there are gifts that we bring to the Lord. The gift of a beautiful voice in Rachel as our cantor and the organist Marilyn. The gift of our acolyte in Carter and our assisting minister in Chris. I called Chris a while ago, Michael by accident. Uh, I did that to his father, Michael, the other day. I called him Chris. Uh, pardon me. We, we give the gift of lecture in Tom, who presented the reading so beautifully for us. And of course, the gift of our shepherds, who give of their time before and after worship to make sure that when you gather, we're all safe with each other. The altar is always a central point of worship. We want to acknowledge the gift of those on the altar guild who prepared a sanctuary that we might worship God in spirit and in truth. And their work of art in the flowers and the artistic pieces that reflect the reading is an offering to God. All of this we do with our AV tech as well. We do this out of a great love for God who has given himself in his son, Jesus Christ, for our salvation. And it is around this gift that we give thanks today.
And so I invite you to give thanks to the Lord. The Lord be with you and also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give God thanks and praise. It is indeed right, our duty and our joy, to give thanks to you, who in the night in which you were betrayed, you took bread. And when you had given thanks, you broke it and gave it to your disciples and said, Take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup of wine, and when he had given thanks, he gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Whenever you drink it, do it for the remembrance of me. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Guided by the gospel, we welcome, welcome all, all to worship, worship make disciples, disciples, hunger for ministry, ministry nurture youth, gather resources for growing ministries, and offer healing and care to all in need. As is customary in these days of COVID-19, the safety shepherds will release you beginning at the back of the sanctuary after the benediction. The table is already prepared for you in the narthex, that you might receive the body and blood of Jesus Christ. For those of you, like Angelo, who is joining us for the first time today, uh, you will receive a cup in which there is a wafer 
and there is grape juice. And you will take it with you, as we'll say, the body and blood of Christ broken and shed for you. We want you to take Christ with you as you go out into the world. Let us stand and receive the benediction. The Lord bless you with the body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Comfort, keep, and send you to love and serve the neighbor. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Go in peace. Christ is with you. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God.